when you start having those, one thing I've learned just from walking with God for years and years is that when you start having those top uh, types of internal tensions, um, you know, those, those, th- that lack of peace, you know that whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 12 months from now or whatever, like there is some sort of change that's going to happen. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesome Inks Podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of, you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Awesome Inks Podcast. I'm sitting down, per usual, with, with a really good friend I admire, John Fox. A Lexingtonian, I guess that's the correct word. You're not the you're not the uh, the salad from from uh, Drake's or Malone's. Malone's, there we yeah. go. But yeah, that's that's where you are. And John's been someone I've gotten to know in the community over the last handful of years, and has been a good friend. That I said I admired, and uh, has a really cool story. Has great background experience, and and life as an entrepreneur. And just excited to, to share his story. So John, let's just let's just dive on into this. Let's bad dive boy. in. Let's dive in. Let's do so. It. You're someone who shows up to our entrepreneurial events. It's actually where we connected. Mm-hmm. We talked about a book that I will let you give a plug for later um, at Awesome Inc., probably in 2019 or so. So yeah, so you show up to community events and people may not know your story. Tell us some of your background. Let's get to know you a bit. Yeah. So, you know, that's always a, a funny question because you don't really know where to start. But um, it was a cold winter, was a cold winter <laughs> evening on July. Yeah, it probably wasn't cold in July, but um yeah, so uh, born in North Carolina, uh, moved here when I was 14 with my family and um, went to high school, Tate's Creek. Well, actually started Henry Clay and got redistricted after year one, went to Tate's Creek and then um, graduated from high school and then just really just worked a lot of jobs. I actually went to UK for, for one semester and then got academic probation and uh, decided that I wouldn't go back. In all truthfulness, like I'm so glad that I got, I got academic probation because school was just not for me. So did that and then worked a lot of, lot of jobs. You know, I worked at Chick-fil-A for a long time. I worked at Hop-A-Lock, unlocking car doors for people and rescuing babies and all that fun stuff. Um, worked at, let's see where else, I worked at Don Jacobs uh, in the body shop for a while. And uh, then I worked at Shepherd Communications. So Shepherd Communications was this uh, contracting company for, at the time, it was Insight Cable. So like the, the internet and cable provider for Lexington. And so I worked for them as a contractor, installing, you know, modems and cable boxes and setting up all that stuff for people's homes and um, learned a little bit about technology. And, you know, people started asking me to help them with side projects and mounting TVs and hooking up their surround sound. And I would just say yes to earn some extra cash on the side and learned a lot in the process. And so after about a couple of years of working at Shepherd Communications, I decided to partner with a friend and start uh, a tech company. And at the time, it was actually with a guy named Matt. And we um, he had an IT background and I had a little bit of AV background. And so we started a company called LifeWire, which... Um, you know, looking back was just a total joke. Like we, we made like no money. We had no idea what we were doing. And, um, but you know, it was, it was our first little step to, to being an entrepreneur. And so did that for a while. And then a good friend of mine, Josh Clark, 
he was graduating college with his English major. And so the obvious next step was to join a tech company. And so he graduated college, didn't really have any uh, clear next step. So he joined Matt and I and um, started to work together for a while. And then just through some different relational dynamics, it made sense for Josh and I to kind of break away from that and start our own thing. And that was the birth of Rely Technology. And so that was their... Um, the, the audiovisual and IT company that we started back in 2008. Yeah. So uh, I guess a little bit, you want me to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll go into that in a second. Something that that jumped out at me, you mentioned you had one semester at UK. Yeah. And I say this only because I, I worked at, I went to a recent career fair. I do a lot mm-hmm. with students who go to classes and how many people I've talked with that they, they don't get the experience and they want that job right out of college that, you know, I, I made it, I did this thing. And the, the older I get, the more I realize it's about experience. Mm-hmm. And especially in the world in which we, we work, we live, we connect with, you know, if you're a lawyer, doctor, engineer, some other very specific right. career paths, you need that education. Sure. But, you know, you mentioned worked at Chick-fil-A, Pop Lock, Don Jacobs. You had a bunch of background experience that maybe some of the, some of it wasn't the best for you, like you mentioned, but it also helped you say yes to opportunities. And then mm. actually, hey, let's just try this. You know, you mentioned LifeWire, made me think of LimeWire yeah. way, back, <laughs> way back in the day. But even though, the, you know, it wasn't super successful, that was experience that has helped you get to where you are today. Yeah. And that's something that, honestly, I totally undervalued when I was, you know, 18 to, to my, my young 20s. But I see it now of, man, just saying yes to opportunities when you're younger. Mm. It is so, so crucial. Yeah, I mean, the, the more that I've worked now with entrepreneurs and leadership teams and people who are making hiring decisions, someone who has five years of experience in the workplace, uh, who is growth minded and value oriented and driven and willing to learn, like those people are 10 times more sought after and valuable than someone who has a degree. Degrees have become less and less valuable. Um, most, and a lot of times people go in and get a degree and they have no idea what they want to do in life. I'm like, man, like you can go get a degree whenever you want, like go work for five years, uh, two or three jobs, learn a little bit more about what your passion is and what your skill sets really are. And then go niche down with a degree after you've gotten that experience and you're going to absorb twice as much of the information because it's going to be relevant to the context in your life. Yeah. And it's going to be more purpose.ful And yes. I, I think we've mentioned this in a, in a prior conversation, but, you know, go back hundreds of years when, when people used to work, you know, someone would, yeah. would have a trade profession, right. And then they teach it to someone else. And so you essentially become your own boss. Mm-hmm. You, you have your, your own skill set, And that's what entrepreneurship to some degree looks like today. If mm. I'm going to run this company, I'm going to, I'm going to do this very niche thing. And I'm going to build a team up. And then, you know, if you're doing things well and, and you're well intended to do this, you help someone start their own venture and they go off and do their own thing. And it's very cyclical in a, yeah. in a relational mentor, mentorship standpoint. So, yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into what you just mentioned about your, your AV background. So you were a partner with Rely Technology. What a great name. They're a Lexington-based company that provides easy to use AV and automation, I guess, home solutions. So what's, what's your history with, with that company? I, I have a feeling you're going to have some funny stories. Yeah. So, I mean, we, um, we basically had no idea what we were doing. Like it's, it's so funny, you know, understanding the industry now we had such a limited, um, understanding of, of, you know, what, what existed in that world. And we started, we just kind of did what we were 
comfortable doing. You know, we were running cable jacks in people's homes and installing wireless routers and removing viruses from computers and, you know, mounting TVs and like all of those basic things, because that's what we were comfortable with. But the more that we grew, the longer we were in business, the more that clients would ask us to do things that were outside of our comfort zone or frankly, things that we had never even heard of. And uh, sometimes we felt like the client knew more about the industry than we did. And so we would say yes to the opportunities and go back and like Google the crap out of that, that question or that, that ser service and solution and, and learn it. Right. And like, we'd have to make connections with the vendors and, and just research and learn and um, mess up, make mistakes, uh, have to lose money on jobs because we messed it up and had to go back and fix it. And so we uh, just continue to learn and grow over time. And, you know, about three years in, we kind of hit this, this wall and this ceiling. And we, we had learned a lot more about the, well, I'd say what, I'll back up and first share that like we also hit this first wall where we realized that we were offering IT and AV and that we needed to like focus down a little bit because we were spreading our, ourselves too thin. And we started evaluating um, the profit that we were making on different types of jobs and realized like, okay, we're making basically an hourly wage when we do IT work, but we're getting the profit from our time and the products that we are reselling on AV jobs. So we need to really pick one and go after it and create a business model that can be profitable um, doing just that. So we decided to actually eliminate the IT services completely from the mix and only focused on audio video and automation. And that was one of the best decisions we ever made. And I, I share that story because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're early on in their, their career, they, they try to do too many things. Um, they spread themselves too thin and they, they, they want to say yes to every opportunity. And their mindset is like, the more things that I can do, the more money that I can make and the more things I can say yes to but really it's like the complete opposite. It's, it's the, the, the uh, ability to focus and have a mindset of less is more um, that's really gonna be, you know, set you up for more success long-term. So that's, that's what we did. We probably didn't have that mindset then. It just was like this decision that we made. Um, but so we decided to niche down and only pursue audio video. And then uh, about three years into the business, we hit the ceiling realize like, okay, there's a, there's this massive world out there in business that we uh, haven't even tapped into at all. We, we really have learned more about our products and services, but we are not business owners. We are not real entrepreneurs. We don't know what it takes to be successful. We, we're basically just showing up every day and just guessing at what to do. And so that's when we decided to, decided to hire a business coach and uh, get someone to help us go to the next level. Well, we'll fast forward just a little bit. So the company started in 2008, a couple years down the road, you hired a business coach. A couple years down the road from that, you, you decided to, to exit from, from Relay. And I said Relay, but that, founded we that sounded weird. Relay. Relay, yeah, the <laughs> emphasis, man, my bad. So yeah, you, you exited and, and sold, I believe, your shares back to Josh. And I know the rest of this conversation is going to, to go down this road. Why did you want to change your focus? Yeah, so that was a really um, interesting season of my life because I had, you know, Josh and I had done so much work um, on leadership and like creating strategic objectives and direction for the business. I mean, we had put so much time and energy into clearly identifying what 
the future held for us as business owners. Um, we were partners. We, we loved working together. We were great at working together. We compliment, complimented each other's strengths. Um, and we really had this vision for expanding into other marketplaces and growing into a, a pretty large company. And so in 2018, um, I just hit this personal man, this wall that was just like really sucked. And I, I started waking up every day, like asking almost like, what, what, who do I want to be when I grow up again, you know, at, in my mid thirties and re started realizing that, um, what I was doing every day was not really fulfilling me on a deep level. And when you start having those, one thing I've learned just from walking with God for years and years is that when you start having those top uh, types of internal tensions, um, you know, those, those, th that lack of peace, you know, that whether it's tomorrow or whether it's 12 months from now or whatever, like there is some sort of change that's going to happen, uh, whether you like it or not, like something is on the horizon that God is doing. And I think sometimes he, depending on your personality, he'll like, start planting the seeds early so that you can have a chance to wrap your mind around what he's wanting to do in your life. And so I think he started just planting seeds in my heart, in my mind. And the, the way that he planted seeds was by, by creating some inner turmoil in, into what I was doing every day. And so I um, started asking myself a lot of hard questions, journaling. I, I never really journaled before, but I was like, man, I need to, I'm an internal processor. I need to get some of these thoughts and feelings out and onto paper, um, just to help me process them on a deeper level, started, you know, talking to my wife about it and friends and ultimately realized like, man, it's time for me to transition out of this company. I don't even know why. I don't even know what I'm going to do next. I just know that I'm supposed to transition out. And that was really, really, really hard because it disrupted everything. I'd, I'm a planner, right? I don't like when things don't go according to the plan. And so I had plans and this was not according to the plan. So yeah, that's kind of what happened. It just, God just inserted himself and said, you know what, like you've had a plan for your life, but I have a plan for something different and it's time to, to make a change. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what jump started the conversation. And then, well, I had to have that hard conversation with my partner and to say, Hey, like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. I'm not being called to another direction yet but I just know that I'm supposed to start the process of exiting this business. And so, um, fortunately Josh is an amazing dude and, uh, you know, really in tune with the will of the Lord as well and totally supported me and, um, just made a lot of sense. You know, it was, it was funny because after I had, I decided to, to start a coaching company, I told Josh about that and we were sitting in his office and, after our conversation, um, he, he stopped me before I walked out and he said, he said, Hey John, I just want to let you know, I had this dream, um, two nights ago, he, he had gone to Columbus to spend some time with his family and he had a dream Friday, that Friday night. And he said, he woke up from the dream and like wrote it all down because it was so vivid. And he said he, and this is before I told Josh that I wanted to be a coach. And he said he had a dream where he saw me at coffee shops, meeting with business owners and taking notes and encouraging them and having conversations. And he saw me at a whiteboard, like teaching and like helping people understand concepts and principles and tools and all this stuff. 
and he woke up from that dream. Like sometimes it, like if I tell the story, it'll like make me cry a little bit. Cause it was like that powerful. But, um, he woke up from the dream is like, John is supposed to be a coach. And he like wrote it all out and like shared it with me after I told him for the first time that I was supposed to start a coaching company. So anyway, it was just like really cool to see how God's hand was in the mix throughout the entire transition. One thing I love hearing about your, your overarching story is there's, there's just been so much, much pivoting. You mentioned a word a minute ago, inner turmoil. Yeah. You went to one semester of college. It wasn't for you. You had all these jobs. And again, work, working is a gift. A lot of people see it as a means to an end. You know, we have to pay bills. We got to do this. Mm. got to, you know, pay off debt. But work, working is a blessing when you're giving of your time to a greater cause. And sometimes people find work to be causing their turmoil, turmoil, term, turmoil, turmeric, you know, all yeah. those weird <laughs> words. But in, in saying that, you know, you mentioned as, as well when you were with Relay that you guys were so broad and you kept trying to mm. narrow your focus. And, and hearing you for your story, you had so much broad focus and you kept trying to narrow your focus. And so it's cool that you realized, hey, I don't feel called here. That's okay. Hmm. Change it to be, be a coach. And so after you moved on from Relay and had a conversation with Josh that you just shared, you became the owner, the, the founder of Next Step Coaching. So what, what caused you to, I guess, maybe hit that final like stake in the coffin or that nail in the coffin from having this question mark in my life to, I'm going to start a coaching company. We're making it happen. Yeah. So one of the things that I, I did was I worked with a personal coach during that transition season for me, just to help me um, process and navigate a lot of my thoughts. Because when I decided to transition out, I had probably three or four different ideas of what I could do. So, you know, he really helped me to put pen to paper, prioritize, list pros and cons, like really process like, okay, out of all the things that I could do right now, what is, what is the best? And so uh, starting a coaching company was on the list. And I decided that, you know, all these other ideas are going to take tons of capital, lots of time to bring to life and a coaching company. I, I could start with zero capital. Um, I can literally go try to find a client tomorrow if I want to. And so the amount of risk uh, involved is very low and the time needed to get started producing income again for my family is almost zero. And so I decided to start with that. Um, plus, you know, I just realized like I've learned so much about business from working with our coach and just from running a business myself for 11 years. I've learned so much and I've really developed a passion and I, just, I noticed about myself, like, I can't stop giving value to people. Like, I'm already coaching for free. Like, I've been in ministry for a long time, leading small groups, meeting one-on-one. -on -one. Like, I've been a coach for a decade or more. I just haven't had the title or charged for it. And so why not just try to step into something that I feel like I'm already kind of born to do and just see if I can monetize it and, and formalize it? You have a background of, of being an entrepreneur, you move that to a coach. They might, they might kind of have some overlap and be synonymous. And so I know a common definition of, of an entrepreneur is somebody who takes the initiative to create a product or, you know, establish a business for, for profit. Generally that person undertakes on their own accounts, you know, enterprise, which they employ people and there's risk and, you know, all this other, other stuff. How would you say coaching has strengthened you as an entrepreneur? And this could be from a mindset perspective or a risk perspective. How would you answer that? When we started Rely Technology in 2008, we had no dependents. We weren't married yet. We didn't have kids yet. Uh, didn't even have a pet. So like 
had very, very little expenses. And so um, there was very little risk to start something new. Um, but now when I started the coaching company, I had a, a five-year-old daughter. I had, was married. I had um, a house that I just built. Um, you know, I had, my expenses were a lot greater and I feel like I really felt the risk for the first time that a lot of other entrepreneurs experience when they step out on their own. And so I felt like it really helped me to empathize and understand where they're coming from. And so I, I've, I've been able to one better understand that, but two, be in a position where I can really encourage people who are in that same season um, because I've, I've experienced it too. I would say, you know, being a coach, I've, I've really had to force myself, myself to read a ton more. Like reading is now part of my job description. So naturally I've just learned a lot more about business and then just having my hands in dozens of businesses, I get to see what they're doing. I get to see what works and what doesn't and what mindsets they have and what things are struggling with and what decisions and, you know, turned into mistakes, right? Like I, I get to, to live and learn a little bit vicariously through other people who are running their organizations. And so I feel like those things have really strengthened me as a, as a person and as an entrepreneur. Yeah, John, thanks for sharing a bit of your backgrounds. And I know for the next conversation we're about to, we're about to have, you're going to talk about what you actually do now as a coach and, and how you help entrepreneurs. So to me, that, that's coming full circle, which is cool for your story. So John, appreciate your time. Looking forward to what we're going to talk about in the next conversation. Well, that's it, guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesome Inks Podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community who provide the music that you hear in the show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. Or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in. And let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.